Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Paul Leland. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 4, verses 21 through 30. We're going to break open the bread of life. So Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to help us with that? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. This moment. You are the God of now. So help us, please, to just to be, to be in your presence now, wherever we are, to as much as we can, put away our distractions, clear our minds, open our hearts, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit. Send your Holy Spirit of love and truth and wisdom and knowledge. Send your Holy Spirit of courage into this conversation. Please, Lord, bless and protect every single person that is listening right now. Bless them and their families. And Lord, draw us each closer to your heart. Help us to be your love and your light and your peace and your patience to every single person, every situation that we find ourselves in this day and every day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, and Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Paul, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? I'd be glad to. Jesus began speaking in the synagogue, saying, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They also asked, Isn't this the son of Joseph? He said to them, Surely you will quote me this proverb, Physician, cure thyself, and say, Do do here in your native place the things that we heard were done in Capernaum. And he said, Amen. I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha, the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman, the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Paul, when you were reading, the the line that that stuck out was about not being accepted in your own hometown, in your native place. And uh, it's so true. Sometimes the hardest place is is within the walls of your home, right? You you love your neighbor. you, you do all this loving and serving outside the home, but sometimes when we get home, we you know, we give the leftovers to 
to those that we live with and uh, or if we've had a conversion experience and and we have a, a, a drastic change you know God just blesses us with the gift of conversion and and he takes away the desires that we had for the world and he replaces them with a desire to know and love and serve him sometimes that audience within the four walls of our house is is a you know is a hostile one uh, sometimes um, so Jesus went through that as well. So, you know, he's, he's experienced everything that we've experienced except sin. Uh, so he's experienced that, that rejection, that, um, you know, desire that he probably had, not probably the desire that he had for their hearts to be converted to him as their savior and to be rejected. So he's experienced that hurt. Um, so it's just refreshing that I, I can take that desire that's, you know, desire that Jesus had for, for all hearts, right? So the desire for, for those in my native place, my home, my community, my neighborhood, my old buddies from, from high school, um, and, and just, just lay that desire at, at Jesus's feet and, and just do more praying for the people in my native place than, you know, trying to, you know, think of ways to, to bring Jesus up in a conversation, you know, just, just allow, things to unfold in God's time and, uh, and, and just do more praying, do more praying for them. I think that's really true, Rob. We can often find it easier to be a stranger in our spiritual journey in the midst of strangers than around the people that we've known all our life. And I think even in a business context, that if we've had a conversion or, or, or an awakening in our spiritual walk, but people knew us one particular way or knew us differently in our past, they keep us locked there and, and fight against our spiritual growth and spiritual influence. And so it really is important for us to, to focus, I think, as you said, on praying for those around us, praying for those we influence, and be willing to, to be that salt and light in the midst of difficult circumstances. And, you know, Paul, in the second paragraph, I I really underline the word prophet. It says, Jesus says, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. And I underline prophet because what is a prophet? A prophet is one who speaks the word of God with love. Okay, we're we're baptized priest, prophet, and king. So we share in that, that royalty of Christ. We share in his glory. So to be a prophet is to speak truth, God's truth, with love. And many times when we do speak truth with love in our own families, at the workplace, a lot of times that's a, a cause for people to get a little bit furious with us because a lot of times that causes them to change. You know, if they're using foul language, if they're asking us to lie for them. You know, I'll never forget the, the time when I came out of my office and the phone was ringing and my assistant answered the phone and she put it on hold. She said, you know, this is Bob such and such for you. Dave, are you in? And I said, no, no, tell him I'm not in. And she looked at me and she said, I'm not going to do that for you anymore. I'm not going to lie for you anymore. And I went, Wow. I never looked at that at causing her to lie for me. I was just avoiding the phone call. But I never looked at the reality. She spoke truth with love. And it was tough love. But I didn't realize I was causing her to lie. Every time I would tell her to tell someone, I'm not in. It wasn't a truth. I was standing right there. And she said, thank you, Lord, for the courage and the gift you gave her. And I never forgot it. She said, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to lie for you anymore. So that to me is, is, is speaking truth with love. That's being a prophet. And, and we need to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit that he gives us, which is courage, 
because fear is a control mechanism of the enemy. The only fear we're called to have is that holy fear, fear of losing our relationship with God in that we hurt that relationship through our choice to sin. So for me, I want to have a holy fear because the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom as scripture teaches us. But don't have fear. If I speak this, they might think that. If I if I share this, they might think, stop. That's the enemy using his number one tactic, fear to silence the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, for me, what I've learned in, in when God prompts me to help somebody is, I ask their permission. I say, Jim, can I help you with something? And if they give me permission, then they've given the Holy Spirit within me because I'm already praying in my heart to give me the words to help him. Then I share truth with love, that using profanity around me is, is not accepted. And it, it hurts me every time you do that. And, and here's why. You know, so for me, praying for that gift of courage helps the blind to see because fear keeps us silent and allows a person to stay in a blindness. Like me, I didn't realize I was causing a person to lie. But once I did, I never did that again. And I thanked her for that. Isn't that beautiful? But boy, I'll tell you, when you're in that moment, you know, it, it takes, and that, that, that's what she must have been, you know, that prophet, one speaking God's truth with love, wanted to speak that to me, her boss. Oh, my goodness. She had to have courage, and I thank the Lord she did. I thank the Lord she did. And with trust, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we're Jesus in the world, right? You know, we are to be his arms, his legs, his, his words, his feet, his, his actions. So Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. So if we are truly trusting in God's goodness, God's providence, that, that in the midst of, of the fury that might be around us, you know, God will protect us. God will pr- protect us. We, we might have to go, we will have to go through suffering, right? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus is, is the call for all disciples. And that taking up the cross is going to involve suffering, physical, financial, emotional, you know, suffering. So suffering is definitely part of it, but God will will get us through. Maybe not eliminate the suffering, right? Most likely the suffering is going to be there, um, but he will, he will carry us through. Rob, let's focus for a minute on that, that last sentence there, but Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's one of those humorous parts of Scripture to me. If you look at the picture of what was going on there, because here's this crowd that was furious with him all of a sudden, that was taking him out of the town. It says they were heading out uh, to hurl him. They wanted to hurl him headlong off a, off the edge of a cliff, basically. And so you got all these people heading out of town with him, and he just walked away through the midst of them. What must that have been like? And so for me, in these situations like you're talking about, Rob, where where we are facing frustration or struggle, um, what a comfort to know that I have the power of this Jesus in me who can just walk right through that and not be thrown overboard with it. So I find humor in it, but I also take great strength from this one little sentence in the scripture, the power that that brings in, in my life. And that results in you staying connected to the heart of Jesus. You know, that communion, that common union with the heart of Jesus, by consuming his word, you know, it says that, boy, in the beginning here, this same group that wanted to drive him and throw him off a cliff, ah, oh, they said, listen to what he spoke and all spoke highly of him and were amazed at his gracious words that came from his mouth. But you see, when we have an encounter with Christ 
and the Word of God, those words are a call for a radical change in our lives to conform to the will of God. And when it doesn't, the flesh within us rises up to cast the Christ out of us, to cast him out, to get rid of him. Because why? Well, you mean I can't watch those types of TV shows anymore? I can't look at pornography anymore? I can't tell dirty jokes anymore? I I have to change? Well, I'm not doing that. But when I heard his word, it's like the path with the seed that falls in the path, the hardened heart. You know, when I heard his word, I was all excited about it. I thought it was gracious and, and beautiful. And wow, I was amazed. But boy, then when I realized that that word was a call to action, was a call to change. And I love Father Pius this morning at Mass. He says, he says, any conversion of the heart to Christ must be radical, a change, a change in direction, a change that we follow Christ. We no longer leave. We follow Christ and live by his example. And that example, like you said, Rob, is number one. Here they try and trip him up. Let's look at what happens. You know, they go, isn't this the son of Joseph? They were trying to tie him back to his human past, his human existence, and time into the ways of the world. And then they go right from there to physician, cure yourself, is what Jesus says they're going to say. And they did say that. They told Jesus to come down off the cross. He predicted what they were going to say. And, and we know from scriptures that we're called to, number one, deny yourself. So Jesus is being told by these people to do exactly opposite that. And he tells them, you're going to do this. You know, and, and, and then, you know, for me, it's all about prove it, prove it. Show me these miracles. Show me here and now in my household, in my business, in my personal life, in my this, in my struggles. Heal me. Prove it to me. Because if you don't, then you know what? Get out of my life, Jesus. I'm going to throw you off the cliff. That's really what we're looking at here. And that's not what it's about. That relationship with God is ever deepening and intimate. And he'll take us on the journey. And it could be a journey through cancer. It could be a journey through a loved one, th- through wherever he's taken us. Why? Because he wants to go there, like you said, Paul, with us, with us. You know, Jesus passed through the midst of them and went away. So for me, he'll take us on the journey we need to go on to take, to take himself to that person in need, be it in a hospital, be it by a bedside of a person that's dying, wherever. So again, for me, I don't want to be pulled by the ways of the world or the words of the world. And I don't want to tie anybody into their past. Every one of us have a past. Every one of us has a story. But when you have that radical conversion of the heart to Christ, it's you're a new creation in Christ. Today's a new day. And anybody that holds you to the past is not, is not in conformity with God's heart. And if you hold people to their past, you have fallen bait, fallen for the bait of Satan. You have. You've taken the bait. And, and speaking of, of holding people to their past, uh, when you mentioned, isn't this the son of Joseph? I was thinking of a, a friend of ours who told a story uh, where she, you know, she came out of a life of, of prostitution and addiction, and you know, she was now on fire for the Lord, and she was a missionary, didn't have you know, steady work or job or anything, and, uh, and she said, God said to get a car. So she goes into the car dealership and says, my father sent me here to get a car. I don't have a job, and you know, but my father sent me here to get a car. Said, Who's your father? And she says, well, God. 
and the, and the car salesman was just like totally like going crazy. What are you talking about? So here she talks to him, and yeah, you know, my father says I need a car, and you know I'm, I'm obedient. So uh, you know they run their credit report, and here twelve years later. She has like perfect credit, even though she doesn't have a job. Eight hundred on her yeah, credit. Eight, yep. Yeah, eight hundred plus on the credit, and uh, and through God's grace, to his daughter who was obedient, she was able to get a new car to uh, to do the work for him. Mm. She picks up prostitutes and and addicts, mm. takes them to church, takes them, you know, cares for them. So mm. she's using that car to give God glory to to help uh, to help reach out. But when I when I heard that and, and read that over and over again, isn't this the son of Joseph? You know, am I confident that I am the son of the king? I am God's son. Sure, on the earthly realm, I am Dan's son, right? But you know, do I claim that identity as a son of God? And when I'm seeking and trying to follow his will, live his will, that, that you know, he will provide. He will provide. You know, as we read the second paragraph, God sent prophets, those who spoke the truth of God with love. Elijah and Elisha sent them both to the widows and the lepers. But there was only one cleansed of the lepers. There was only one widow that truly received that prophet. Who are the people that God's sending into your life? Who are the people that are speaking God's truth about pornography about addictions, about alcohol, about gambling, about pride, about envy, that's helping you, that you're shunning, that you're driving off a cliff, that you're not healing, that you're not listening to, and thus forsaking your healing. God wants to set you free. He sent his only begotten son, Jesus, into this world to pay the price to set each and every one of us free. He gave his life. So are you receiving that gift? Are you opening that gift? Are you listening to those prophets who are being sent by God into your life to help you? Or are you justifying your sin? Because that's my biggest problem. I justify. Well, I have the right to. Well, I really don't have to. No, you do. In the scriptures, God tells us to be holy as the Heavenly Father's holy, to be perfect as the Heavenly Father's perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, in heaven, every person in heaven is perfect in Christ. There is no envy. There is no pride. There is no unforgiveness. We are all on a journey here on this earth to grow in that holiness, in that perfection. And it's a constant staying connected into the Word of God so that God can continue to send those prophets into our lives, people who aren't afraid to speak the truth, so that we can have the ears to hear and be set free from our addictions that keep us Keep us from the abundant life that Jesus gave his life for. So, ladies and gentlemen, my encouragement to everybody is, listen, don't defend, don't justify. Ask God continually to purify you so that you can be those lights to the world that lead to Christ. You can be those vessels of God's pure love to feed and clothe those who don't have Christ so that you can be used for, by God in the salvation of souls. I think of uh, Rick Warren and his father when he sat at his bedside, and his father's mantra was, one more soul for Jesus. And his father woke up when he was in his coma for the final words. He spoke to Rick, and he took Rick Warren's hand, and he said the words, one more soul for Jesus. 
Rick shared that down at the uh, the big uh, event where Pope was there, Pope Francis down in Philadelphia, the World, Meeting, World of Meeting of Families, and it was profound. It pierced my heart because you know what? I want that to be my, my mantra every day. One more soul for Jesus. You know, at the gas station, in the lighting store, in line at a grocery store, at, at a restaurant, in my family, in the church, in the business, one more soul for Jesus. And that takes a constant communion, common union with that heart of Christ, constantly going to the Holy Spirit who's present within us and empowering him by saying, help me, help me. God says you have not because you ask not. Christ says, knock, seek, ask. My goodness gracious, look at where you're falling prey to the bait of Satan, to the enemy's wiles. You know one of the biggest ones is? Complaining. How many people listening today have complained about someone who's running for office. Was I talking about you? Potentially was. Instead of complaining, which does nothing, but actually gets you on the hook of Satan, pray for that person. Every politician from the president on down needs our prayers, not our complaints. I had that lesson taught to me in church. There was a priest that I had an issue with, and, and, and I, I thought he was cynical. And so I'm in mass. I'm like, man, Lord, he's really cynical. And I hear the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question, Dave. When's the last time you prayed for him? And I went, I never pray for him. He said, but you can complain about him, right? Oh, is that doing any good? No. So start to pray for him. That's what he needs. And I went, you know what? You're right. Because I've fallen prey. So from then on, I start to pray for that priest. I pray for every priest out mass, and I lift them up because they are in the front line. They're the mass unit, the triage unit. We need to pray for them every day. When we complain, we're in the enemy's camp. When we complain, we're in the enemy's camp. When we pray, we're working with God. And the, the second reading that we'll hear on Sunday gives us the recipe for that. And, uh, if I could just read the beginning of it, it's you know one that we've all heard, I'm sure, and some of us probably had it read at our at our weddings. Uh, love is patient, love is kind. It is not jealous, it is not pompous, it is not inflated, it is not rude. It does not seek its own interests. It is not quick-tempered. It does not brood over injury. It does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things endures all things. Love never fails. So as we're sitting in the, in the congregation and we're starting to, to be critical about a priest or we're, you know, at a restaurant and complaining about a waitress or a waiter, you know, that's not love. That's not love. So Dave, thanks for, the, for being so open and honest about that because there's so many times that we, that I, you know, make those judgments just by how someone looks or someone acts or someone, you know, does a nonverbal gesture. You know, you kind of run all these things in your mind and, you know, we just just need to be quick to pray, right? Not quick tempered, but quick to pray. You know, love is quick to pray. Yeah. And you know what, Rob, I was thinking, you know, the Lord need more, needs more prophets out there. We were anointed priest, prophet, and king at our baptism. Claim it. Ask for the Holy Spirit to help you and give you the words. When someone comes to you, and the Lord taught me this, someone start, comes to you and starts to complain about a person running for office or whatever, stop and say, Jim, Bob, Phil, whatever their name is, can we stop a minute and pray for that person? You just now planted a seed of truth in that man's heart. Stop them from complaining. Let's pray for them. 
the more you do that, the more their eyes are open to truth. So for me, that's the journey the Lord put me on. Stop. Let's not complain. Let's pray for that person. And then always remember when you when the Lord inspires you to help somebody where you see that there's a flaw or something could be a message of truth could be delivered with love, ask permission. May I help you? And if they say no, don't go there. Don't go there. But if they say yes, ask that Holy Spirit to help you, to give you the words, and then share it. So for me, that's that's a learning lesson I want to continue to take away. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you gotta ask yourself a question every day. Who sits on the throne of your heart? Are you truly denying yourself, picking up your cross? and following Christ? Does he sit on the throne of our hearts? Do we put him first in our lives? And that's, that's a challenge, and it's shown by our actions. He wants to be involved, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in all parts of our life. Invite him in. Ask his counsel. Take it to him. It's beautiful. So again, another challenge point. I have found the litany of humility to be so helpful in rooting some of these things out in my own life, the critical spirit, the the capacity to be that person who's looking at others and drawing them away with either a criticism or a gossip. And uh, I'm not sure the resource for litany of humility for listeners online, it can be Googled, and I'm not sure what the version is that's there, but uh, it's powerful powerful instrument in, in convicting and sorting out and allowing the Holy Spirit in to reveal where I am falling short in those areas. Amen. And Paul, it's, you know, one of the things that we, that we do as stewardship of mission of faith is we come alongside of people that want to start gospel reflection groups to do this in their parish, in their home, and we have resources. And one of those resources is our stewardship of mission of faith pr- daily prayer book. So uh, if you're interested in praying the Litany of Humility and, and many other beautiful prayers, um, we work and, and offer our material on a donation basis. So for a donation of any amount, uh, you contact us and we will send you our, our beautiful Catholic prayer book that you can use for yourself or you can use to, uh, to help start a gospel reflection group. So uh, contact us anytime uh, and we'll, uh, we'll be here to help. And I'm going to go to the last line here, Rob. It says, do here in your native place the things that we heard we're done in Capernaum. It is so important for each and every one of us to share our God stories, share our God moments, share our heavenly kisses, where we've got to see God at work in our life, to share them with our children. And I'm going to challenge you, not only share them verbally, but write them down, journal them, share them so that they can be passed on from generation to generation. Because again, these people heard these stories and then they went to hear Jesus and his amazing, gracious words. So for me, tell the stories of how God worked in your life. Tell the stories how he allowed you to see him and help others through you. And look for those heavenly kisses where God just gives you a little, boy. way to go, my son. So with that, God bless each and every one of you and continue with that mantra, one more soul for Jesus. God bless, bye-bye now. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at 
stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.